Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waldman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. Today's episode is going to be a little bit of a continuation of yesterday evening's episode talking about Wisconsin. And in that, I mean the the bombshell report that was delivered by former Wisconsin Supreme Court Justice Michael Gableman yesterday before the Wisconsin legislature. And we are going to be bringing on shortly, he's just wrapping up another interview, Wisconsin State Rep. Tim Ramthan. He's going to be coming on. He has been leading the charge to get Wisconsin's results decertified. So we're going to bounce some ideas off of him, talk about the legal and constitutional questions around decertification. That's something that the last time we had him on, or I guess it was the previous time when we went through his slideshow, we weren't able to get to all the actual uh, legal and constitutional arguments. We had to kind of skip over them because we're short on time. Talk about that because it's been pretty remarkable over the last day to see how the media has tried to spin uh, Justice Gableman's hearing, his report. And I made the mistake yesterday of, <laughs> this is a mistake I, I don't usually make, but for whatever reason, as I was watching Gableman's hearing, I thought to myself, this man is so genuine. He is so honest. He seems just so genuinely good. I can't fathom how the left could just say that he's a radical. And sure enough, that's what they've done. <laughs> I don't know why I let my guard down. Every time I let my guard down, they they come in and they get me. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll talk to Tim Ramthan, state representative, in a little bit. He's just finishing up uh, another interview with another station. So when he is made available, we will definitely bring him on and get all of his um, opinions on this. While we're waiting, going to remind everyone this podcast is sponsored by Liberty Cigars. Liberty Cigars is a Patriot-owned company, and they have come out with a great new collection of cigars honoring the first six presidents of the United States, known as the Early Republic Series. Each cigar is a different shape. It's a different body. It's a different flavor. And as I said, they're all made to imitate the president that they are modeled after. So obviously you have George Washington, you have John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, James Monroe, and then John Quincy Adams, the first six presidents. So usually this is an $89 package. But for listeners of this show, when you use promo code 17, uh, sorry, promo code Liberty at LibertyCigars.com, you're going to get 17.76% off. So head on over to Liberty Cigars, use promo code Liberty, L-I-B-E-R-T-Y, to get 17.76% off. Yesterday on the podcast, we played a bit of um, Michael Gableman's hearing footage. We probably won't play it again since everyone watched it with me yesterday. And uh, obviously, Tim will have already seen it. I it, I started getting a pretty choked up looking at some of the things that they were talking about. If we put up my screen, Mr. Producer, one woman, Meryl Barrett, we covered her yesterday. I, st I still I still can't get her out of my head. She's 104 years old, near vegetative, 
can't feed herself, right? Can only stay awake a couple hours, a couple minutes a day. And she voted. Not only did she vote, but she found a way in her subconscious um, life to register to vote, to apply for an absentee ballot, and then to vote down all the down ballot races. That's that's a, that's a lot of research for someone who is nearing the end of their life and, and can't stay awake. And it just, I, I start thinking about how many people this has happened to. And it's not just Wisconsin. It's happening all over the place. I mean, there are there big stories here in Texas, in the Houston area. We've covered this on the podcast a year ago, over a year ago. Um, I, I, oh, I forget which congresswoman it was. It might have been Sheila Jackson Lee. Um, but it was one of the congressmen in the Houston area was caught literally paying people to go into these nursing homes. And they, they caught them dead to rights. Every single application for an absentee ballot was in the same handwriting, right? Using the same kind of stamps, mailed from the same post office with the same return address, all on the same day. So they caught them dead to rights that they were going into nursing homes and they were mass registering people to vote absentee, which you can't do. It's, it's considered ballot harvesting in Texas. And it's also just, just evil. I mean, these are men and women who have lived long lives. They, they're obviously, they're in the twilight of their life. And they want to live in comfort and they want to be taken care of. And for people to go into those areas that are supposed to be safe and to take advantage of our grandmothers, our grandfathers, our great-grandparents, our parents, our loved ones, to take advantage of them just to get an extra vote, just to get an extra couple votes. It's evil. It, it's pure evil. I said that yesterday, and I, I still can't get out of my head. I, I cannot get it out of my head that this is just, we're supposed to just accept this. Because the, the media, the way that they are presenting it, if you put up my screen, Mr. Booster, and we'll make sure that we get this, um, we show this to Tim when he's able to hop on. They're calling this fringe. They're calling it fringe, that if you believe that it's wrong, for nurses or other health workers to vote on behalf of elderly Americans who are incapable of managing their own affairs, where they've had guardianship declared, where they literally can't make decisions for themselves, can't even keep their eyes open, can't talk, can't remember who their family members are. That if you think that it's wrong that they were taken advantage of, and if you think that it's a little suspicious, that in all of the counties that Zuckerberg was dumping money into, they had 100% turnout in their nursing homes. If you think that's suspicious, they say that you are fringe. They say that you are fringe. I'm reading a report. I'm reading a headline. I can't show it because it's behind a paywall. But the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel says Gableman report promotes legally debunked effort to decertify the election. Excuse me, what? How can anything be debunked? When you're talking about legal and constitutional issues, the only way to debunk them, the debunk, to, to borrow the, the, the pronunciation from whoever that state legislator was from Georgia, um, the only way to do that is through actual litigation, through the Supreme Court of the state issuing a ruling. I, I, I find it really humorous 
that Michael Gableman is a former Supreme Court judge, justice, making his own constitutional interpretation, saying, hey, you should look into decertifying. And yet they have some intern who just graduated from some uh, hole-in-the-wall college writing for them saying, oh, it's been debunked. I'm sorry. I thought that was the whole purpose of hiring the former Supreme Court justice to conduct the investigation so he can make the constitutional arguments a few years ago, and he would have been on the Supreme Court to hear a challenge to a case like this. I, I don't understand how they think they can just get away with brushing his legal opinion, constitutional opinion aside. They're doing it. They're going to keep doing it. Debunked. Debunked claims. It is not debunked that the Wisconsin Election Commission told nursing homes to ignore the law, told county officials to ignore the law, the law which requires that deputized government officials be the ones who go into nursing homes and walk nursing home patients through the process of applying for an absentee ballot, filling out their ballot. Again, the reason for that is you do not want some paid partisan going in there and taking advantage of someone. As if that's that's fringe. That's somehow fringe. To say, hey, maybe, maybe grandma or grandpa shouldn't be taken advantage of, advantage of. But that that happened. They changed the election law. They they Stopped enforcing it because of COVID. Because of COVID. They allowed political science to actually supplant science. No, you couldn't go visit your loved one. No, no, no. That, that couldn't happen. But the nurse can go in there and fill out the ballot for them. 92,000. 92,000 nursing home patients in Wisconsin on election day last year and the counties that got Zuckerberg get out the vote, Zuckerberg ballot harvesting money had 100% or nearly 100% turnout. And by nearly, I say 95% plus. That's not fringe to point that out. It's not fringe to point out that the Center for Civic, um, was it the Center for Civic and Tech Life? CTCL. Um, Center for Tech and Civic Life. That's it. CTCL. I think that's the acronym. The organization that Zuckerberg donated all that money to. It's not fringe. It's not debunked to point out that it is headed up by former Obama administration staffers who are on the record promising to do everything they can to stop Donald Trump from winning. It is not fringe or debunked to point out the lunacy of Democrat, a Democrat donor paying a Democrat operative to get Democrat government officials to give them Democrat data so they can then turn out Democrat votes. It is not fringe to point out that that is far too partisan. Nothing that partisan should ever be allowed. But no, it's debunked. It's debunked. The legislature what's called plenary power. When the Constitution says that the state legislatures will decide the manner in which electors are chosen, that is plenary power. There is no other body 
that can overrule a legislature. So when you hear these government officials say, oh, no, it can't be decertified. It can't. It's illegal. It violates the state constitution. The one thing you will not hear them say is that it violates the federal constitution. You won't hear them say it because it wouldn't. The federal constitution states that this dictates that the state legislature gets to decide the manner in which electors are chosen. If a state legislature has the power to certify, it is only reasonable to believe that that same legislator would legislature would have the power to decertify. And at this point, I don't know what technical good that would do, right? If, if Michigan, if, if Wisconsin decertifies, that doesn't stop Joe Biden from being president. Though there is an argument, right, that fraud undoes all, fraud vitiates all. That's the argument that if it is de deemed to be fraudulent, he can be taken out by other means. But we're in uncharted territory. And if you read through all of Tim Ramthan's memos that he has gotten from different legal experts, they all admit the same thing. We are we're in uncharted territory. We have never been put in a situation like this before. There is no precedent to turn to. So no matter what, this is going to be decided by people who cannot look to previous generations to find out what to do. We've never had a situation like this, but that doesn't mean that the power doesn't exist. Listen, we have state legislatures that issue all kinds of resolutions. I mean, like I remember I, I was in a choir in, I think, middle school, and my state legislature at that time, it was in New Jersey, voted to give me a little certificate congratulating me on extracurricular activities. Right. I mean, the legislatures do all different kinds of things. They pass all different kinds of resolutions. They name buildings, they name streets, they name parks, they name post offices. And it's all done. Lots of these things are done without needing the governor to sign off on it. There is no legal or constitutional argument to debunk the notion that the state legislature, without requiring a signature from the governor, can take it upon itself to pass a resolution declaring that they made a mistake. Decertification. There is nothing blocking that. There's nothing blocking it. Because these people that say, oh, well, the law doesn't say they can do it. The law also said, doesn't say they can't. Law also doesn't say that they can't. Now, what does that mean for Joe Biden's presidency? Well, it would make him look a lot more illegitimate, even though he already is. It would make him look a lot more illegitimate to the public. But the, you can't unskin the cat once the Electoral College votes. There is no mechanism. There is no mechanism to undo that. And, and that's something that the states can't handle. Right? That's something that would require a constitutional amendment to get to the bottom of that. Once the Electoral College votes, that's it. It's done. Signed, sealed, delivered. On the state side, though, there is nothing blocking a state legislature from saying we are no longer certain that the electoral results from our state were correct, and therefore we are exercising our plenary power under the United States federal constitution. To, to, I mean, basically to declare an oopsie. To declare, oh, well, made, made a mistake. So you see, what you're hearing from Democrats, the Democrats know, just like Republicans know, just like people pushing this know, 
there aren't a whole lot of ways to undo Joe Biden's confirm uh, Joe Biden's inauguration. I mean, it, it, if you could produce a true airtight case that he was the man literally ordering the fraud, then yes, theoretically, since fraud can undo all contracts, that's something that has been present in Supreme Court cases for years. Since technically, yes, fraud can undo any and all contracts, then technically, a truly airtight, provable case that Joe Biden ordered fraud could undo his presidency. Theoretically. Again, uncharted territory. We have no idea. We've never been down that road. Anyone who tells you with a straight face that they know what, <laughs> what the rules would be for a situation like this, they're just making it up. There's no precedent for this. And any cases that have already been heard have been lower court cases. Because remember, Supreme Court did not hear any of the cases on the merits challenging the 2020 election results. They've all been district courts or state level or circuit level courts. There's no precedent. So when you see these articles, when you see these articles, like, like, go ahead, put my screen up again. This guy writing for Politico, Zach Montalaro. Go ahead, put up my screen again, Mr. Producer. Zach Montalaro. I have no clue who he is. Well, let's, let's find out who he is. Who is Zach Montalaro? Oh, Zach Montalero looks fun. Zach Montalero is a state politics reporter at Politico. He covers gubernatorial, legislative, and other state-based elections, along with voting rights and election administration on the state level. He's the author of Morning Score. Uh, he's alumnus of GW, George Washington University. He's also a native New Yorker and is perpetually disappointed with the New York Mets. <laughs> oh, that's so, oh, that's so, they, they humanized him. I'm sorry. What I see there is he got a bachelor's degree from GW, which is a nice school. He got a bachelor's degree, and now he's a journalist. So where the hell does he get off fact-checking a former Supreme Court justice? I mean, that's not the job of the reporter. The job of the reporter is to report, to, to call the balls and strikes, let people know what's going on. But that's not what people like this do. I mean, we, we played the clip from Gableman yesterday. He said he has no bias here. He has no goal in mind. He is doing this just to provide one last act of public service. And then this, this clown, this mouth breather, he's like, oh, no, it's been debunked. Oh, it's fringe. Come on. Come on. It'd be so much more believable if we didn't see the picture. <laughs> we go ahead and take that down, Mr. Producer. But no, the, the federal constitution guides this. The federal constitution dictates what the state legislature can do. And the federal constitution does not say that once a state legislature certifies, they cannot try and undo that. The federal constitution does not say that the state legislature can decertify, but only if the governor agrees. Technically, because it's given a plenary power, the state legislature can decide, can change the system. They can change the system. Now, once you have laws in place, it becomes a little bit more diff difficult. But as all of these so-called experts say, there is nothing in the law that deals with the process of decertification. That has not been settled. It's never been used. So if the law 
does not prohibit decertification. If the state constitution does not prohibit decertification and the federal constitution says that the legislature has plenary power in deciding how electors are chosen, there is nothing standing in the way of the legislature deciding that they want to decertify. Again, what that decertification technically means, how actionable that is, that we have no idea because that literally, truly uncharted territory. But we know that the legislature has the power to decertify. And absent any law, statute, or state constitutional provision that prohibits them from decertifying, the federal constitution gives them the plenary power to do so. Does that make sense? Still waiting on Tim Ramthan. Hopefully he's able to hop on when he's done with this other interview. Until that happens, going to remind everyone this podcast is sponsored by Crowd Health. Crowd Health is so much more than an insurance plan. It is crowd-funded, for lack of a better word, insurance. And their whole goal is to make sure that you don't go bankrupt for having to pay for your medical procedures. Last year, over 250,000 people went bankrupt and they had health insurance. They went bankrupt because of medical costs, even though they had health insurance. And those costs keep going up, up, up. Crowd Health exists to make sure that whether you have health insurance or not, you don't go bankrupt just because you have a medical health event. Here's how it works. You pay one low monthly total to fund your account and get access to the Crowd Health community. Usually it's less than $200 a month for most people. 100% of your monthly contribution directly funds and reduces the healthcare costs of the community. If you have a health event, you'll pay the first $500. The rest gets submitted to the Crowd Health community members for funding. And unlike insurance, you're not limited by doctor's networks or hospital networks. Don't let healthcare costs stand between you and your future. Join Crowd Health today. Right now, as a bonus, as a listener of this show, you can get your first six months for just $99 a month. That's almost 50% off the normal price and a lot less than a high deductible healthcare plan. Just go to joincrowdhealth.com and use promo code FREEDOM at sign up. Again, that's joincrowdhealth.com and use promo code FREEDOM to get this amazing deal. Full disclosure, Crowd Health is not health insurance. It's a totally different way of paying for healthcare and terms and conditions may apply. I don't know. I, I look at everything happening. And the other side of this is, isn't it just so funny that whenever we get evidence of election fraud, it's not funny. It's funny in like a, oh, wow, what a coincidence kind of way. Every time we get evidence of election fraud, there is always some state official standing in the way of it being acted upon. I mean, we saw that in Arizona, right? I mean... <laughs> Doug Logan. I have, I, I'm sure Doug Logan is a nice guy. I'm sure he's a nice father, a nice family man. Doug Logan should not have run that, uh, that audit. He shouldn't have. And when he came on the show, I, 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 I drilled him on it. How can you say they were wrong to decertify and simultaneously say you don't support decertification? That's what's, that's what's missing here. The easiest way to make to paint this entire picture is to ask if you knew then what you know now, would you have certified? If the answer is no, then decertification is required. If you knew, if you knew 
the day after the election that they had a hundred percent turnout rate in the nursing homes and that there were nursing home patients unable to even open their eyes who somehow voted down ballot all Democrat. And you knew that there were tens of thousands of cases potentially like this. And you saw that Joe Biden won by a smaller margin. Would you vote to certify knowing then what you know now? If the answer is no, then decertification is required. If you knew then that Mark Zuckerberg's money was used to essentially bribe county election officials into giving Democrat operatives access to real-time, real-time election data, if you knew then what you know now, would you have certified? If the answer is no, you must decertify. And, and on that note, the real-time aspect, the real-time aspect of the data, the data for elections, they get released to the public. Usually it's every day or every week or earlier, earlier in, the, in, this, in the cycle. It's sometimes every two weeks or every month. Everything gets released one way or another. Getting access to real-time data. That's what I'm talking about there is someone hands in a ballot and you know as soon as it's uploaded into the system. As soon as the computer system knows that they turned in their ballot, you know, so you don't have to go knock on their door. That is not given to most to most organizations. That's not given to the, even the candidates. The candidates don't get that. Like I, I've worked on campaigns, not in Wisconsin, but I've worked in campaigns in other states, and they don't even get that kind of data. They at best might get data every every day. At best, maybe on election day they'll get twelve hour data or eight hour data giving real-time data. That's why Gableman says that this, on its face, meets the state statute for election bribery. Because it wasn't, they weren't just nonpartisans. These were Obama administration officials dumping millions of dollars in exchange, getting access to real-time data. Why did they want the real-time data? So they know where to harvest. Harvesting is illegal. Ballot harvesting is illegal under Wisconsin law. Why does any election organization need real-time information telling you who has a ballot that hasn't been turned in yet if you're not allowed to harvest the ballot? I mean, it, it's obviously fraud. If, if you're an election official, if you're a county election official, and someone comes into you and asks for a toolbox of everything you would need to commit an election crime, would you give them the toolbox? If you know that ballot harvesting is illegal and someone comes in and asks for everything they would possibly need to run a really smooth, well-oiled ballot harvesting operation, would you give it to them? And if you gave it to them, could you have plausible deniability and say you didn't know what they needed it for? Like if someone comes in all sweaty, panicked, freaking out, asks for a gun, and you give them the gun, you're held responsible for what they do with that gun. You, you have reasonable belief they're going to probably do something crazy with it. Same is true here. And these are two aspects of it. Two aspects of Michael Gableman's investigation. And here is the part that's really going to piss you off. I was under the impression that Michael Gableman's report yesterday was a preliminary report. Because as we've talked about on the show, he has subpoenaed Dominion voting systems. He's subpoenaed all these county officials 
Those subpoenas are being fought out in court. Dominion voting systems challenge the legitimacy of the subpoena. Now, it, it's completely frivolous. It, it's, it's spurious. I mean, when the state legislature gives him subpoena power to investigate elections, again, what I already told you, according to the U.S. Constitution, the legislature has plenary power, total power to conduct elections for the election company to say you have no right to even ask us questions. I mean, think about the stones. I mean, we, we watched we watched the uh, Eric Coomer video. I mean, yeah, say what you want. The stones on him to, to literally crash his car in the, in the modern world, in a downtown, cameras everywhere, people with cell phones, to crash the car and then look at the cops stone cold, stone cold and say, I have no idea what you're talking about. The stones. The stones on him. The stones on Dominion voting system say, yeah, we have a contract with the state legislature. We have a contract with different counties, but now you don't have a, you don't have the legal authority to ask us questions about it. It's privileged work product. Now, the part that's going to piss you off is yesterday he delivered his final report. He delivered his final report to the Wisconsin legislature. Well, how does that work? His investigation wasn't over. He has active subpoenas that he is trying, he is fighting. He has lawsuits he has filed himself trying to get people who've defied his subpoenas thrown in jail. I mean, when you have subpoena power, you use it. I mean, imagine if anyone did this. Well, we, we've seen what happens if people does, do this. We've seen, um, <laughs> we, we've seen uh, Steve Bannon defy subpoenas and he's arrested like that. But no, when you're a leftist and you defy a subpoena, then you can run out the clock. So no, what happened yesterday is actually his final report. It's his final report because the rhinos, the GOPers, whether it's Voss or Steinke, I think that's how you pronounce his name, the people calling the shots in the Wisconsin state legislature, they demanded that he that he have his full report to them by the end of February. I use a day late, whatever. What's a day between friends? They demanded by the end of February because they wanted to be able to pass election legislation before the end of their session. Now that's that's reasonable. When when you look at you think of it, oh, okay, well, they want the report, but he's going to be able to keep investigating, right? Because it's not finished. Saying he needs to wrap it up so you can put a tight little bow on it so you can pass legislation so you can go out of session and go on vacation or something. That, that that can't possibly be what they're doing, right? No, that's what they're doing. Yesterday was his final report. They they can't even verify whether he still has an active contract. Yesterday was his final report. And here's the real kicker. The rhinos that demanded he submit his report yesterday so they could then pass election legislation in time for the midterms have just declared they're not doing that. They're not doing that. They're not going to pass legislation to deal with the things that he's found. And they're saying that the, the legislature won't be back into the session, full session, until 2023 after the midterms. So they rush his work, demand that he basically put a little bow on it, finish early, even though he has lots of subpoenas still out there, demand that he finish early, submit a still yet to be finished report, and then refuse to do anything with it. The whole basis for them demanding that he rush his work product. Oh, just kicking it down the road even more. I mean, what does it matter to Steineke? 
I hope I, I I don't even care if I mispronounce his name. He's the 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 majority leader of the of the legislature. Um, I mean, he's done in ten months. He's he's done. He's not running for reelection. I mean, th this is the problem. This is the problem with the left. It, they get away with this crap. There's no such thing as being saved by the bell when you are violating the Constitution. When you are violating people's rights, when you are violating people's liberties, you cannot be saved by the bell. Anyone who doesn't follow boxing, saved by the bell is the concept that, okay, around last, well, different rounds last different time. Let's say around last three minutes, right? If you get punched at two minutes and 55 seconds and they knock you down, right? Saved by the bell is the idea that if the bell rings before they've done the 10 count, you can, you can get saved. You can go back to your corner and fight in the next round. Most leagues don't like, most uh, boxing associations don't like you get saved by the bell, but it's an old concept. That if someone knocked you out or knocked you down less than 10 seconds before the end of the round, the bell could save you. This is something we saw in Pennsylvania. The, the legal concept known as latches. Latches is a concept that's usually applied in civil law, claiming that the plaintiff waited too long to file the claim. I mean, it's like if, if, uh, like if you know that you technically own a piece of land and the other person thinks they own it, but you know for a fact that you own it and you don't do anything, and for 20 years you let that other person think they own the land, then they build a house on the land, you're not allowed to then go to the court and say, aha, I own the land. I own the house. No, you, you have to act on a reasonable amount of time from when you learn about the evidence that backs up your claim. They used in Pennsylvania the concept of latches to dismiss Donald Trump's and other people's challenges to Pennsylvania's election results. Basically saying that even if laws were broken, even if the results are fraudulent, even if the Constitution was violated. Unfortunately, you waited about a week too long. So it doesn't matter that we could issue a ruling today and it'd be plenty of time. It stopped the results from being certified. You waited, in our opinion, too long. Therefore, we're throwing it out without having to actually deal with the merits of the case. That's what they did. They used latches. And it's an arbitrary time frame. Again, uncharted territory. There's no precedent to look for. And that's the problem when you're in uncharted territory. When you're in uncharted territory and there's no actual precedent to look to look by, um, bad people get to make bad decisions. When there's no precedent to guide decision-making, bad, corrupt judges get to make precedent. Get to make their precedent, which is what they did. Oh, you waited too long to fight for your constitutional rights. Imagine that being applied to any other constitutional principle. Imagine saying, oh my God, every time I try and go to church, they pull me over and they write me a ticket. Imagine then suing after a year of it. Like, your honor, I just want to be able to go to church. This guy won't let me go to church. I have a right, First Amendment, to go to church. They keep pulling me over. Imagine if the judge says, oh, well, that's really wrong. They shouldn't be doing that. I waited too long dismissed. I mean, this is crazy. This is crazy. The Constitution is the Constitution for a reason. It doesn't get trumped. It is the, the fundamental document. And it is no surprise that the people saying that 
that Wisconsin doesn't have the right to decertify, doesn't have the legal right to decertify, are the same ones who argue for things like latches and, and other BS like that. And it's the whole concept of a living and breathing constitution. The idea that their opinions at any given time should be weighed more heavily than established precedent. I mean, that that's what the left believes in. That, oh, you have a right to keep and bear arms, but if there's a really bad school shooting, we're going to take it away. It's just everyone agrees this is the right thing to do. That's what we're dealing with here. It, it's so infuriating. And it's not just the left, though. It's also the Republicans. As I just said, the Republicans forced him, forced uh, Gableman to end his investigation early while he still was waiting to force Dominion to sit down for a subpoena. Forced him to end it early, saying we need you to end it early so we can pass legislation. He ended it early, and now they're saying, oh, no, not going to do anything. That, that, know what that reminds me of? In Michigan, when you had the, what was it? The uh, uh, what, What's Detroit's county? What's Detroit's county? Mr. Producer, you know what it is. Wayne, Wayne County. Yeah, Wayne County. It, when you had the Wayne County Board of Supervisors deadlocked on whether or not to certify the election results for the county, deadlocked. They said, okay, fine. This is, what, this is what's going to happen. If, if Republicans, if you agree to, to certify, we promise that the state will launch an investigation. Well, the Republicans, idiots, went along with that signed on the dotted line, certified it. And then the state government said, yeah, that promise we made, we're not going to do that. Decide not to, but thanks. That's what that's what's happening all across the country. Happened in Arizona. How long has it been since the Arizona attorney, uh, attorney general, uh, I forget his name, Nunchucks. I just call him Nunchucks because I've seen more Nunchuck videos out of him than press conferences about prosecuting election criminals. I mean, I've seen at least two videos of him doing like nunchucks. Um, Brnovich, is that his name? I know that he doesn't have nearly enough vowels in his last name as he should. I think he's at Brnovich. Um, I just call him nunchucks. How many days has he had dead to rights evidence, video evidence showing who deleted logs? How long has he had that? Um, actually, I know this. It was. It should be about 160 days about half a year about half a year he's had this and he's done nothing with it nothing with it right remember raffensperger in georgia raffensperger is the one he's a rat he's like literally a rat he remember he's the one who leaked to the new york times his office leaked to new york times that trump had a call with him and said listen you got to root out the fraud leaked to new york times spurred on an actual criminal investigation. There's a DA trying to indict Trump for this. Good luck getting a jury to indict Donald Trump in Georgia. Though they're trying. They really are trying. Raffensperger said there is no fraud. There's no fraud. Fraud did not exist. Anyone who says that there was fraud, no, didn't happen. Didn't happen. You are misinformation. You're fake news. That's You say all that. So what happens? Evidence comes out. That no, there was ballot harvesting. They were paying them $10 a ballot. They each were putting through thousands of ballots. They, they have them pinged, their phones. They can actually track the phones, where the phones went and were hit by different cell towers. They can show the map of the ballot harvesters. And they found the ballot harvesters because they all had a couple places in common, the offices for the nonprofits that they claimed to work for. 
it's not hard. Just follow all of the different people that leave that nonprofit office and just weed out the ones that only stop at drop boxes. They found them. Dead to rights. Dead to rights that there was illegal ballot harvesting to the tune of, I think it was tens of thousands, maybe even 100,000 ballots. Dead to rights. What is Raffensperger says? Well, I'll have to look into that. I'll investigate that. Well, day previously, he said there was no election fraud and anyone who says there was is insane. So now he's the one who gets to investigate the dead to rights evidence? Come on. And now you have it again in Wisconsin. Former Supreme Court Justice, State Supreme Court Justice walks in and says, this is what I found. I found evidence of bribery. I found evidence that 104-year-olds were being abused by caretakers and being forced to vote for people they never possibly could have voted for because they can't keep their eyes open long enough to even read it. And what do they say? Oh, no, not touching it. Not touching it. State law says can't do it. No, state law doesn't say we can do it. And no one's ever done it before. So we're not going to do it. Going on vacation. That is why we are continuing to push. We need a nationwide audit. We do. We do. Every single time it goes before states, there's always someone, Democrat or Republican. If you look at the at the metrics, it's more often Republicans who are sabotaging this than Democrats. It, we're not getting blocked by Democrats. Like what what's the what's the the Democrat governor in Wisconsin Evers? It's not Evers who's blocking this, though he would if he could. It's the Republicans in charge of these of these legislative bodies, the legislature. No, Republicans are the one doing ones doing this. The chief of P is the one are the ones who are stopping this. They they took all of our money, right? They fundraised to stop election fraud. Remember that after the election, promised it was going to fight election fraud. They spent like a dollar fifty on election fraud and then put the rest to Mitch McConnell's war chest. It's Republicans. Oh, did you see that too? Mitch McConnell came out today and said that they have determined that if Republicans get the Senate back again next year, Mitch McConnell will be the Senate majority leader. <laughs> great. Great. If, if you wanted to lose the Senate next year, the best way to lose the Senate would be to tell Republican voters that Mitch McConnell will be in charge again. That's the easiest way to lose that. It's the easiest way to lose the Senate. Got to read an ad before I have a heart attack from all this stress. This podcast is sponsored by Airmate Care Network. Airmate Care Network, the premier insurance plan to cover you and your loved ones. Should any of you suffer a medical emergency and need to be airlifted to a hospital? I know it's not something we think about, but we all carry different types of insurance. Truly rainy day kind of insurance. Hope you never need it, but if you need it, you're, thank you're thanking your lucky stars you have it. This is one of those things. It's becoming more and more common for people need to be airlifted to hospitals. It's not just people who fall off the side of a mountain or get lost in the woods. Lots of people need to get airlifted in the suburbs, on highways, even the cities when traffic would make it impossible. I know people who have been in, in metro hospitals, and the easiest way to get them to another hospital for a procedure is for an airlift. Because it's, it's rush hour and it'd be insane to try and, and go in an ambulance on the street. It can cost tens of thousands of dollars. This, this can bankrupt your family. Now, I know that's not what we think about when lives are on the line, but eventually that bill comes due. Air Medicare Network exists to make sure you never have to worry about that. It costs $85. That gives you coverage for one year. Again, you pray you never need it. But if you do, you will not pay 
one cent for that air medical transportation flight as long as you're flown by an AMC and provider. And don't worry, they fly over 100,000 patients a year and you can enter your zip code to make sure they cover your area. I, I've uploaded a bunch of zip codes. I've yet to find one in the contiguous United States that wasn't covered. And as a bonus, when you sign up using the link in our description, airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily, and then use promo code daily, they're going to give you up to $50 back in the form of an e-gift card, depending on how many years you sign up for. It's free money. So go to airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily to get up to $50 back. So where do we go from here? Listen, uh, it, it's easy to get disheartened. It is. It is easy to get disheartened when you see rock solid evidence that that the ballots of near vegetative nursing home residents were being stolen. And they're not going to do anything about it. The media is saying that that has already been debunked when they actually catch someone. They allow her to plead guilty to just a misdemeanor. So she only goes to jail for 40, 45 days to avoid the felony charges. It is easy to become discouraged in all of this. And that's by design. They're hoping you become discouraged. Just like Dominion voting systems challenging the subpoena, hoping that they can drag the subpoena challenge out long enough, then the Wisconsin legislature will allow Gableman to conduct his, his um, investigation. They are hoping to wear you down. They are not in this for one election cycle. Election thieves are long-term. I mean... <laughs> You look at these people, they, they are not one and done. They have built infrastructure in Democrat cities. I mean, here in Texas, Republican like party offices never close. In blue states, it's the same for Democrat party offices. They're not doing that in swing states. They are never closing their offices. Usually they, they pop them. Usually it's like Halloween stores. They show up around election time in a strip mall, and then when the election is over, they disappear. No, they are keeping these these businesses, these, these leases intact, these ballot harvesting agencies are not winding down. They are keeping it up. They are, they are working through cycles now. They're hoping that you get discouraged. They're hoping that you say you can't take it anymore because it's easy to feel that way. It's easy to look at everything going on and say, I can't take it anymore. This is insanity. It is easy. And then you look at what happened. I mean, I, we didn't even get... I, I just looked, and Tim Rampton's still on Mike Lindell, so uh, <laughs> I hope they're having a good conversation. We'll try and get him on in a future show. Um, but the other thing that came out today in Wisconsin is that a judge, a Wisconsin judge, has now ordered a Wisconsin judge. Let me make sure I get this right. I want to make sure I, I don't mis, uh, misquote this. A Wisconsin judge has found that Gableman and Voss violated the law by not promptly turning over paperwork and records from their investigation. Let me explain what that means. Gableman, Michael Gableman, former Supreme Court Justice from the state of Wisconsin, is conducting an investigation on behalf of the legislature. Leftist organizations sued using public records laws, demanding all of the information about his investigation so they could know where it's going. They sued, demanding. I mean, where on earth can you sue and get the details of an investigation before it's completed when you and your allies are the subject of the investigation? Oh, apparently only in Wisconsin. Apparently only in Wisconsin. 
So yeah, the judge has decided that by refusing to hand over the documents until the investigation is over, they violated public records laws. Oh, and by the way, we also just learned, remember that organization, CTCL, I told you about that was paying for all the ballot harvesting um, in Wisconsin. Remember that? We just learned that many of the election officials who are challenging Michael Gableman's subpoenas are getting funding from that organization and others that were funding the fraud. Think it, wrap your head around that. Bribery organizations bribing election officials to give them access to data they shouldn't have. And when they get caught, when the election official gets caught doing it, they fight it tooth and nail and the same organization pays for their legal fees. I mean, this is stuff you see in the mob, right? This is the kind of thing you'd see in a mob, a mob movie, right? They pick up the low level enforcer, right? He has, he has a business card, calls the attorney. The attorney is being paid by, by the boss. This is the kind of stuff you see in mob movies. But no, that's what, that's what's happening here. What's happening in Wisconsin. They can sue to get the details about the investigation that they are potentially going to be investigated under. They can sue to get those, those, uh, <laughs> those records. And also, by the way, they can also fund the legal defense of the election officials they, they are accused of bribing. It's a sham. It's a sham. And meanwhile, if you're a Republican and you forget to cross a T or dot an I, throw you in prison. <laughs> if you're a Republican who gets a subpoena and say, I, I think I have some rights here. I, I want to sue to make sure my rights are protected. Nope. Criminal referral. Send them to prison. There are two justice systems not just in the United States, in every state. And it's not Republicans versus Democrats. Because as I said, GOPers are the worst offenders. They're the worst. And I have tried to figure out why. I mean, it's not just because they're assholes, though that might be part of it. Is it because they have benefited from the fraud? Is that why Georgia stayed red for so long? Is that why they've been in office so long? Are they beneficiaries? Are they liberals? In many cases, yes. Why are they so adamant about keeping the fraud intact? Why are they so adamant? I don't have an answer. I have some theories. I believe they are beneficiaries of the fraud. I believe that they are actually closet liberals. The The most dangerous time, the most dangerous time to have a rhino Republican is in between when they retire, when they announce their retirement and when their term, term ends. That's the most dangerous time for Republicans because they, have, they can do whatever they want. So yeah, the, many of them are liberal. Many of them are beneficiaries. The third option, many of them really hated Trump. Like Raffensperger really hated Trump. They had no they had no problem running on the same ballot as him and drafting off of his coattails. They had no problem with that, but they hate him with a passion. Those are the three theories I have. I think I believe it's a combination of the three. But we can't get dis discouraged. Because more and more people are realizing what a fraud Joe Biden is. More and more people are realizing what a fraud the system itself is. 
And that's and that's that's the solution. Waking people up. Eventually we will hit the point of critical mass where it can't be ignored anymore. We're not there yet apparently. We're not there yet apparently. We're at the point where a, a former state supreme court justice can lay out concrete evidence and it gets debunked by someone with a bachelor's degree <laughs> who never even grew up in the state. We're not there yet, but we will reach that point. We will reach the point of critical mass. And the only way we get there is together. And the easiest way to help us do that is to share this podcast, share this podcast, whether you listen to the audio version or you listen to, or you watch online on rumble on conservative jelly, share it, help us reach more people, help us get this message out in front of more people. We really do need your help to do so. Um, and yeah, check all those out. Before before I read all those, um, I have to remind everyone this podcast is sponsored by Enterforce. Um, Enterforce.com, E-N-R-F-O-R-C-E.com. Just had to pick up this t-shirt. It was on the ground. We have these t-shirts. Free our people t-shirts. We've partnered with Enterforce to create these t-shirts to help benefit the January 6th prisoners who have been locked up for far too long. Um, it's 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 long since reached cruel and unusual punishment, but we, we've created these t-shirts to try and raise some money for them to help them with their legal representation, to help their family members fly out to see them. Cause many of them haven't seen family in over a year. So we partnered with Enterforce. Enterforce is a Patriot owned company and they have great conservative apparel, um, gear, mystery boxes. Here's how it works. When you make a purchase there, you get entered into win this Ford F 450 with a gooseneck trailer and a Can-Am Maverick plus $20,000 in cold card cash. I think there's four or five weeks left in this um, giveaway. So you get, I, I believe it's 10 entries per dollar spent. So if you buy one of these t-shirts, you get 40, sorry, you get 400 entries. But as a bonus, when you use promo code CD21, Charlie Delta 21, you're going to get a thousand bonus entries. Mr. Producer, you're giving me a headache with that scrolling. <laughs> so use promo code CD21 to get a thousand entries. Or if you don't want to enter, you just want a couple bucks off, you can use promo code CD10 to get 10% off. So apologies. Um, Tim Ramthan got held over on um, Mike Lindell's show. Completely understandable. Um, we'll have him on in the future and, and make sure we go through all of this with him again. And he'll have more because he's also running for uh, running for governor. Yeah, he's running for governor in case we all forgot. So we'll have him on. Um, I know he feels bad for being held over. I know his wife's been calling us trying to keep us updated. Uh, but we'll have him on at a later date. This isn't going to end. This topic isn't going to end. We're going to have to talk about this a lot more um, until we're able to fix this thing. So that's it for this edition of the podcast. Again, if you like the podcast, make sure you subscribe all the different places you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, Audible, all great places. But if you can, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a five-star review. I can't stress enough. I think we've only had four reviews in the last 30 days, and that has contributed to us dropping significantly in the rankings so please if you haven't already even if you have i think you can leave another review head over there leave us a, a five-star review so we can climb up in those rankings we go live 12 noon eastern 7 p.m eastern monday through friday so tune in for that if you need that reminder if you're like me and you need a little alarm text the word freedom f-r-e-e-d-o-m to 89517 you'll get added to our text alert system and you get a notification telling you what we're going to be talking about and then how when and where you can watch that's it for this edition of the podcast. My name is Max McGuire. I know this can feel disheartening at times, but at times, but we really can win this. The fight to take back the country really isn't over. It's it's not unwinnable. 
But the only way we win, I say this every day, the only way we win is if we all stamp and fight together. And I promise we will do that. See you tomorrow.